Hey, Adam, guess what time it is? It's time to crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 64 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host, who is the customer service superhero we've all been looking for, Adam (laughs) Toporek. Well, thank you. My cape's at the cleaners, but I try. (laughs) So how are you today, Jeannie? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And let me tell you a little bit about why I think you're a hero. Uh Uh-oh. It's because you've read my book, Be Your Customer's Hero. (laughs) I've not only read it, I've endorsed it. You've endorsed it, yes. You are an endorsee. (laughs) Anyways, my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, Real World Tips and Techniques for the Service Frontlines is getting great feedback from the field with comments like, perhaps the best customer service book I've ever read, destined to become a recommended training resource, and exactly what I plan on providing to my team. Be Your Customer's Hero, Real World Message is resonating. I need like little movie things, you know, like when they do the movies and they like pick like one one word, like great. In a world. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, to find out more about this book and how it can help your organization, go to BeYourCustomersHero.com. That is BeYourCustomersHero.com. And if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, we would love for you to do that. Go to CrackTheCustomerCode.com slash sponsor for all the details. So, Adam, I am super excited about our interview with Shep Hyken today because he really is the man, the myth, the legend of customer service and customer experience experts, don't you think? He truly is. You know, they always do that cliche in the movies. You know, he's forgotten more about blank than you've ever known. <laughs> it's I think true. It's, a little, it's true, Shep. Yeah, he's been doing this, I think he said 22 years. 32. Got, 32. Oh, yes. my bad. But he's a young man, so I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> he started at six. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Shep's great, and we've both been interacting with him for years, and I, I love his message, and I love how he ties disparate parts of customer service sort of into a holistic whole, and how he really brings it back to a real-world execution, mm-hmm. which you know is my true love. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pragmatic, real-world stuff. It's so hey, romantic. It's got to work. <laughs> It does have to work. And he's he's an expert at looking at both sides of that coin with business needs and what customers need as well. So he has some really great examples in our interview. So I'm excited to bring it to the people. All right. Well, I tell you what, I will go out for a coffee and then a meal while you read Chef's bio because <laughs> I think it's got that much stuff in it. And then we will get to uh, our interview. Sounds good. Yes, Shep Hyken is a customer experience expert and the chief amazement officer of Shepherd Presentations. He is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author and has been inducted into the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame for lifetime achievement in the speaking profession. Shep works with companies and organizations who want to build loyal relationships with their customers and employees. His articles have been read in hundreds of publications, and he is the author of Moments of Magic, The Loyal Customer, The Cult of the Customer, The Amazement Revolution, and Amaze Every Customer Every Time. In 1983, Shep founded Shepherd Presentations and since then has worked with hundreds of clients ranging from Fortune 100 organizations to companies with less than 50 employees. Some of his clients include American Airlines, AAA, Anheuser-Busch, AT&T, Aetna, Abbott Laboratories, American Express, 
And that's just a few of the A's. <laughs> Shep is known for his high-energy presentations, which combine important information with entertainment, including humor and magic, to create exciting programs for his audiences. And we are thrilled to have him here today. Let's listen in on the magic. So welcome, Shep. We're so happy to have you here today. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? We are wonderful. Well, I'm speaking for Jeannie. Can I speak yes. for you? Jeannie? Are you wonderful? And I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here, Chef. Thanks for joining us. And Jeannie and Adam, you both look great. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasures of audio. A face a fa- made for radio, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chef, you and Jeannie and I, we've all been interacting for years on social media and blogs. And one thing, I've always enjoyed your message of amazement because it's grounded in realism. So tell us a bit about your view of customer amazement and what that means. Sure. And and I, when I talk to my clients about creating this amazing experience, the first thing they think of is, oh, I'm going to teach everybody how to do an over-the-top, blow-me-away wow experience. And that is just not the case. You can't be that at that level all of the time. The amazing companies, and this is why it's within the grasp of every organization, every company, every business, the amazing companies are just a little above average all of the time. It's consistent. It's predictable. They just bump it up a notch. And those over-the-top, you know, blow-me-away experiences, those come, and by the way, any company is capable of doing this when there's a problem or, or some type of an issue and somebody rises to the occasion to solve that customer's dilemma and the customer says, wow, you guys are great. Well, you can't wait for problems to happen to be amazing. No, you've got to do it all of the time. So uh, the occasional problems, the bumps in the road, uh, the opportunities that you find to go over the top, great, seize those. But on the rest of which is 90 probably 98% of the time, you're going to be just operating at a little above average. That consistent, predictable experience is what makes great companies amazing. I love that. And we, we talk about that here a lot. And, you know, in the Amazement Revolution, you explore those seven strategies for creating yep. customer loyalty. So mm-hmm. instead of covering all seven, because, you know, people, people should read the book. But <laughs> uh, can you <laughs> tell us... The book. It's can, a great book. I Changed think so too. <laughs> Better than cats. Um, can you tell us a, about a few of your favorite strategies that you mentioned? Well, sure. There's seven of them in there. And I, let's start with the first strategy, which is really, I think, an outstanding way to think of it uh, when it comes to creating this loyalty. And that is have a membership mentality, create a membership experience. And if you think about what you, if you're a member of a private club, and and when I'm in front of my audiences, I'll say, how many of you are members of private clubs? And a a few hands go up. And I'll ask, well, what what kind of club? It's a dinner club. What kind of club is yours? Oh, it's a golf club, a private country club. How many of you are members of like a gym where you go, you know, a few times a week, hopefully, and you, (laughs) you work out? And then a bunch more hands go up. I go, well, that is a membership experience because when you walk in, you're, you're paying a fee that unless you pay the fee, you can't go in. And I'm going to bet, and I just point to somebody in the audience, when you go in, do they know who you are? Oh, yeah. Do they call you by name? Oh, yeah. Well, that's part of the membership experience. You don't have to call your customer a member to create that membership experience. Maybe it's not a customer. Maybe it's a guest. Maybe it's a patient. Maybe it's a client. But the membership experience means it's just a level of personalization. It's a level of connection. 
Uh, American Express has been calling their customers members for years. And on their credit card, it even says member since whatever year uh, the customer or, or a member actually decided <laughs> to join. And I think that's a great attitude. And what they try to do is create perks and amenities that the other credit card companies don't offer, hence the concept of membership. So if you can create a membership feel for your customers, I think it creates a stronger relationship and bonds you and hopes you and helps you get to that uh, you know coveted status of loyal customer. Well, it's interesting you mentioned American Express because they've been doing that for so many years, and a lot of the credit other credit cards have followed. They were really the innovators in that sort of concept of membership and extra perks. And that brings us to this question, which is there seems to be a never-ending discussion about whether or not customer service has gotten better or worse over the years. You know, has service declined? Have customer expectations changed? Now, you've been speaking and teaching customer service and customer experience for a while now. I'll let you say how long in case I don't want to date Two years. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a long time. That is. Years. And you know, I'm only about 38. Well, <laughs> of, of course, we knew that, yes. A prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your take on the topic? Are consumers better off or worse off than they were, you know, let's say 10 years ago? So uh, I think, so I'm going to tell you, there's stats and facts that go either direction. I think the majority of the stats that are out there from the really, and, and by the way, there are many reputable groups, but the ones that have been doing it a long time, even the American Customer Satisfaction uh, Index, which is put out by the University of Michigan, it says that customer satisfaction is down and that because of customer service. And I don't know, I, I think if you look at it, there's a couple of ways to see it. I think that more companies are better, but the consumer and the customer, depending upon what you you know how you refer to them, I think is more knowledgeable, so the expectation is higher. And even though more companies are on board with the concept, because uh, the customer is better educated, therefore they're rating companies who you know. It, 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 you understand? I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think companies are overall more aware and doing a better job. But because the consumer is more aware, companies haven't kept up with that demand. And, you know, it's interesting that we're, we keep talking about how <laughs> satisfaction and service and all these things go hand in hand. And the three of us have certainly had many discussions on this. But now it seems like customer experience is becoming the go-to kind of phrase in business. And so a lot of folks are becoming more interested in it, like the CMO and the CIO are suddenly talking about customer experience. And I know you've worked with a lot of big brands and so what are you seeing in the boardrooms? Are they really dedicated to this? Is this a uh, buzzword right now? Like how is customer experience really being treated at those levels in the C-suite? Sure. Well, first we're shifting from the concept of customer service to talking about customer experience. Mm -hmm. and, and five years ago, maybe even just a few years ago, most companies would have assumed customer service and experience were almost synonymous with each other. But then organizations like uh, Apple came out and really created the true experience that people love from more than just the service, which is the people-to-people -people relationship. Uh, they're opening up a box and going, wow, uh, just the receiving uh, a box with an Apple product and then going through the motions of opening up and, and looking at it. It's like that's part of the whole experience. And I think that takes everything to a, a higher level. So let's talk about what's going on in the C-suite. 
It has to start there. It starts really with the CEO determining whether or not they want to create that culture and that experience. The culture is about the people, which really is about the service and what ultimately will drive the employees to think about the customer's total experience. So the CEO has to start there. Yeah, you're looking at CMOs. You're looking at the chief technology officers who are using uh, you know, their technology to gather data that allows them to create an analytic and analyze whether or not something's working, something's not working, spotting a trend, seeing what their, their customers like. So it's starting up there, and it needs to be pushed down. And just by the way, them saying we need to do this doesn't work. And there are companies that unfortunately they do that. They just say, you know, this is an initiative we need to have. So they create this great program and it becomes the flavor of the month, not the culture of the company. Big difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it starts at the top. It gets pushed down through communication and then it gets trained. And I mean, everybody gets trained to the philosophy of customer service and experience. So if you think about it, uh, you might train a call center or a support center on how to deal with direct customer-facing issues, but you talk to somebody in the warehouse and teach them about your philosophy and make sure they understand that when they're picking and packing product off of a shelf and putting it into a box to be shipped, their responsibility is when that customer opens it up, the customer doesn't find a bunch of product just laying around, you know, you know, not in, in packed properly, you know, potentially broken and maybe even items missing. Everybody has to be on board. So it works for everyone to understand. So you, you go from deciding that you want to do it to communicating it, to training it. And then there's some other steps along the way that create that culture of customer service and experience. Mm-hmm. That's great. There's, yeah, it's great to see when a company really does that well. You know, when, company, when you can you can you can feel it when you walk into the service floor when you call. Oh yeah, you, you know it, and you know when they call. And even something as simple as recognizing when a customer calls in for support. You know what? Yes, the call may be important because they really do want to take care of you. But when they put you in a queue for forty-five <laughs> minutes, that doesn't make me feel very important. As a matter of fact, it frustrates me tremendously. But I'm a realist, and I recognize, you know, sometimes it's going to be crowded. But when that company says, we can call you back at this time, just, you know, and we're happy to do it. Or, even better, you choose the time you want us to call you back, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the, the time. And, and it works. The technology allows for that to happen. Well, that's a better experience than having to wait on hold for 45 minutes. And how about even better, you know, before you tell me you need to call me back, Offer me some self-service solutions. It could be something, you know, and, and simplicity with the frequent, frequently asked questions type of page on your website. I mean, that's basic. That's, that's like table stakes to get into the game. But what about YouTube videos that, you know, give you basically step-by-step, you know, help on how to, you know, deal with a software issue or, you know, I bought a ping pong table and I had a hard time putting it together. So I just Googled the model number and uh, the manufacturer and up came a YouTube video. And it was as if one of their employees was standing over my shoulder <laughs> telling me what to do every step of the way. I didn't need to get on the phone to do that. And by the way, when I was working on putting together my daughter's ping pong table, it was 10 o'clock at night. Most likely the call center wasn't open. See, that's great. And what I like about that, 
there's so much talk now about how everything has changed in technology, and certainly a lot of things have changed. I mean, social media and technology have impacted customer experience in so many different ways. But I really still believe, I mean, even the example you gave about you know, calling back in 45 minutes, basic communication that is enabled now by technology and CRM systems. So with this ever-shifting customer experience landscape, how can organizations continue to sort of not get too washed away in the digital change metaphor, so to speak, and to focus on fundamentals without still falling behind the technological changes? Right. Well, we always have to stay up with the technology and the times. And at this point in time, I don't think there's a tipping point that says, hey, I'll go full board tech versus the human connection. So uh, we have to strike a balance between the two. And the way uh, I guess, you know, I, I think what you're saying is how do we stay with the basics? Training, which is what I love because that's part of what our company does. It keeps us in business. Uh, but training is so crucial. Once you decide what's going to happen and how you want the customer, uh, what you want in that customer culture, how you want the customer to be treated, how you want your employees to be treated, you've got to train people to that. And I think that's where the fundamentals come in. I still believe we're not at a point where technology is taking over customer service. Look at what the airlines did, because I think the airlines may be one of the best examples. You know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to take a flight, what's the first thing you needed to do, Adam? Poor Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too young to remember tw- flying 20 years ago. <laughs> it may have even been 10 years ago, but I'm just going 20 years because I know it was, a, it, it was 20 years ago. You didn't get on your computer and you nope. didn't right. make a reservation online. You picked up the phone, okay? So when they decided to create a technology that would allow you to do this, you know, the Internet came along. Remember when Al Gore uh, (laughs) invented the Internet? Or as George Bush said, the Internets? Yes. (laughs) So I'm hitting both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans here. But no, once the Internet was created, it gave us this opportunity to connect on another level. So a friend of mine called me one day, and this was a number of years ago. He said, I just had the greatest experience on Delta Airlines. And I go, what was that? He said, I basically bought my ticket online, checked in. I didn't deal with one of their employees until I got to the airplane. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought it's because maybe he was sick and tired of Delta Airline employees. And no, he wasn't. He said, no, they created this incredible system. It's so easy once you <laughs> figure it out. And he was excited that Delta gave this to him as a customer, as a passenger. And I think what the airlines have done is really the case study for what all industries need to do. The technology gets created. And I would say virtually perfected, you know, although, you know, you're always improving, but perfected to the level that it can be to where it's user friendly. And then they gave incentive to the customers, their passengers. They said, hey, We'll give you $20 off your airline ticket if you book online. We'll give you an extra 500 or 1,000 miles in the mileage program if you book online. And then the, the tipping point came and more people started to book online. And then it went to, we will penalize you by $20 if you decide to call us and book through an agent, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a travel agent or, or their res- reservations agent. And so I, I'm not sure, you know, I've been booking online today so much. I don't know what it's like to book a flight through just picking up the phone and calling uh, <laughs> reservations. But I think, uh, you know, they tell us. I know uh, my wife has said, yeah, I, I made the reservation. But they said if I book it online, it's 
a little bit less. So mm -hmm. there's still that incentive. So that's the first thing they did is they got us to book online. Then they said, hey, check in, okay? Check in online. If you're not carrying, if you're not checking bags, this is the way to go. And they gave us an incentive to do that. Now, what did this mean? Two things. Number one, once the tipping point came and customers started using the reservation system online instead of the people uh, that they had to call, they were able to save costs by taking people out of the equation. Now, you might be upset with them because it meant technology replaced jobs, but they use, you know, technology replaces that job, but other jobs are created due to technology. So I think there's, at the end of the day, people will say there's almost a wash. Mm -hmm. So, number one, airline saves money. Number two, airline gives the customer a better experience because they don't have to wait on hold. Uh, they can get it the way they want. You know, it, it's, it's a great experience overall. The airlines are a great case study to how uh, technology, should, technology should be used. By the way, if you have a problem, you then pick up the phone and call the airlines. And then you'll realize, oh, I'm glad I did it online. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that will remind you quickly. Nice, but you may have to wait in line for a while on hold. Well said. Well, uh, I think this is this is great. There's always so much to learn from you, Shep. And I, I, one of the things I always appreciate that you bring to the discussion is that it's not just technology. It's not just people. It's not just training. It's all of these things together. And I think we often try to simplify the world and take away the nuance. And you're very good at kind of weaving the nuance in so that it, it really is well, about realistic life and how we work and how we operate. So I'm sure everybody learned a ton from you as always. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Jeannie, thank you. Adam, thank you also. It's a pleasure and an honor. And, and thanks for having me on the show. Well, absolutely. And before we hop off, uh, please let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet, though. I know with you, Shep, that is a loaded, large question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> no, uh, www.hyken.com. That's my website. And if you want me to come to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, go to shepondemand.com. And uh, we've got great training products that uh, I actually show up on your screen. As long as you've got a Wi-Fi connection, I will be with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Will you help us put our ping pong table together, though? That's the question. <laughs> yes, I, I'll give you the website or I'll give you the, just the YouTube channel. That was an amazing experience. I was so frustrated. That ping pong table, the instructions were in German. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. So, my uh, boy, it's a great experience. And that was, that's been my like, go-to example of how, how self-service works. That's an awesome solution. That's great. Definitely. Well, hey, thanks so much, Shep. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Adam. And, and Jeannie, thank you. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. And that was our interview with Shep Hyken. We hope you enjoyed episode 64 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes at crackthecustomercode.com. And remember... Please subscribe and please send us feedback. We love feedback. And I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and learn more about our executive workshops and keynote speaking at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training as well as my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.